Hello, everyone, and welcome to They're Not Cousins, a 90s anime podcast by three ladies who love anime but are bad at watching it. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. I bid thee a joyous spring day, my darling friends. I'm feeling so refreshed having emerged victorious from the ashes of the great anime podcast war of 2021. It needs a better name than that, right? Like Weeb War or the Japanimation Conflagration or Operation Submarines over Dubmarines. Oh my god. (laughs) I was expecting you were going to end with an Operation Dumbo Drop reference. (laughs) And I I feel a little bit cheated. Why would anyone make a reference to Operation Dumbo Drop? That's what it was sounding like as she started talking. (laughs) Ali, I feel like the collective culture has... Just scrubbed that movie from existence, and you brought it back, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm sorry that I didn't invite you to the Operation Dumbo Drop summoning circle. <laughs> Just standing around this arcane circle with a bunch of wizards in robes, and then like a VHS copy of Operation Dumbo Drop shows up. That's where the real anger is coming from, is that I wasn't invited. Yeah. Cassie loves ritual summoning circles. Are you kidding? I know, but there's still a pandemic. Oh, I see. Everybody was standing six feet away from each other, (laughs) and like everybody had their vaccine already. Yeah, because there are still occupancy limits for these kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we've just confirmed that Allie's favorite anime movie is Operation Dumbo Drop. Cuba Gooding Jr. will be very happy to hear this. Was he in that movie? I hope so. (laughs) I know for sure there was an elephant and that's it. Yeah, I really hope so. Otherwise, that is just such a misleading title. (laughs) So at any rate, in honor of our first episode featuring a new member of Usagi's Child Soldier Platoon, I thought it would be fun to go around and have all three of us talk about our favorite members of the main cast, like what we love about them, Hmm. and if we think they'll still be our favorites after this rewatch. Just for some clarification, by main cast, are you talking about the five inner soldiers, or are we talking about, like, everybody? I think the soldiers, the main characters, the good guys. I don't want to include villains because we talked about Galaxia (laughs) so much last time. (laughs) Okay. And I still don't know who she is. So yeah, I'm thinking we're talking about the Sailor Senshi, the main cast. If you want to include Luna or Artemis or, I don't know, I guess we can include Usagi's friends like Umino and Naru if you want to. But yeah, let's just talk about this. But Ali, why don't you start? I know that you probably have very strong feelings about this. Oh, I have very strong feelings about everything. Mm-hmm. I think that my favorite character is going to be Sailor Saturn because I relate to her in so many ways, mainly in that she is a very sick person, like physically sick. I am also a very physically sick person, and I wish that I had the power to destroy the world and then rebuild it in my own image. Okay, so just for people like me, I never got to the point where she was in the show. We're talking about short, dark hair, and she has like purple and black as her color scheme, right? Exactly. Yeah, and she's got the silence glaive, so she's got a freaking badass weapon. Oh, cool. Does she start out as a bad guy and then eventually like change to a good guy or uh, something? She starts off as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Rini? No, no, no. She's literally a baby. And then she grows up really fast. It's like, oh, she's here. And then surprise, she is 12 years old. I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but was that before or after she does her Death Reborn Revolution? I really don't remember. Regardless, her kind of big shtick is that she's got daddy issues and she is just a very frail kind of girl. And she has very few friends. Growing up watching the show, that really spoke to me as a person who has always been chronically ill. 
in some capacity. Seeing a girl who struggles with that, but who is also a really strong fighter, that just really spoke to me. I love that. I mean, we're always talking about representation on this pod. That's part of it is representation of chronic illness. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. I'm glad that show had that for you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to get to know her too. Me too. I'm very excited. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much, Allie. Mm. And Cassie, I feel like I know the answer to this, but let's just get it written in stone here. (laughs) I was always a big fan of Sailor Venus. I guess I never really thought about why. I just thought she was quirky and funny, but like endearing and... I was like, well, I feel kind of weird, but also endearing. And so I just felt a connection to her. And she's kind of like the better Usagi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Totally. I wanted to have magic powers like Usagi, but I didn't ever really feel like I want to be Sailor Moon. Where I was like, oh, I want to be Sailor Venus. She's so cool. She uses her love power. I was into her as almost like a replacement for Usagi. Mm. Yeah. My favorite growing up was also Minako, and that totally tracks. Like, Usagi, it's cool that she has flaws, and it's cool that she can represent the awkward stage that everybody goes through, but nobody wants to be in that phase, right? (laughs) You want to imagine yourself like Sailor Venus. She's been in the game longer than anybody else. She's competent because she knows what to do. Yeah. She's done it before. And that's also something that's just very aspirational. Everyone wants to be competent. No one is, but everyone wants to be. I also remember her being a little bit goofy, like she was the funniest of the sailor soldiers and also really fashionable. I don't know if that will hold up. (laughs) That's true. All that being said, in looking for sound drops, I've been introduced to Sailor Neptune and I 100% expect her to overtake Minako for me (laughs) on account of her being a sad lesbian with the best fucking hair. Yes. It's funny that you mention her because I've been doing my deep dive as I do into things. And fun fact, Uranus and Neptune, the voice actresses were directed to play their characters like they were an old married couple. Oh. Sounds about right. They do it so well. So I'm so excited for you to meet them. I cannot cannot wait our lesbian namesakes of our podcast (laughs) (laughs) yes in order for us to get to that episode we are gonna have to get through this episode right yes Mm. (laughs) (laughs) listeners do not come into this thinking this is a bad one i enjoyed this episode it's good don't worry no content warning on this one (laughs) but yeah if you don't mind cassie would you start us off by reading the officially sanctioned plot synopsis yes of course this time on sailor moon the girl genius is a monster the brainwashing cram school of horror. Usagi befriends Ami Mizuno, the school's smartest girl, who has an IQ of over 300, but Luna, who senses an unknown energy coming from Ami, suspects her of being a monster. And that's it. Oh, yep. Another short one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the episode. Well, they don't, yep. The episodes are like 25 <laughs> minutes. They don't want to give away the whole story. Yeah. And not a whole lot happens really in this episode like not in a bad way it really Mm -hmm. focuses on a small series of events Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah so as has so often been the case lately we begin in the negaverse this time staring right into the beautiful bulbous eyes of bitey gerald hey buddy you are looking particularly Mm -hmm. melty today so beautiful (laughs) did you do something with your dead gray skin folds girl they look great Oh my gosh. Before we get too lost in the gaze of our creepy dragon buddy, however, we have to talk about Jadeite because he starts out this week with so many human school children. Followed by a dramatic <laughs> pause, and I fully imagined that his next line would be so little barbecue sauce. <laughs> 
but instead <laughs> he goes on to talk about how all these school kids are miserable because they're forced to engage in the child torture that is studying. And Queen Beryl is sitting there scrolling through Tinder on her Aqua Walkman, swiping right on all the fuckboys <laughs> she's going to throw off a cliff later. But she agrees with the sentiment, saying parents with really high expectations for their kids can be meaner than the lady monsters Jadeite 6 on Sailor Moon every episode. This was a very stunning indictment of our education system, and I was here for yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I was laughing through this whole exchange because they were talking about the parents wanting their children to get into the best elementary school and the best middle school and the best high school and the best college. And they were so perplexed by this. I felt like it was a very pointed jab at the Japanese school system. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you were both here with me on that. Because I was like, I agree with the bad guys. Is this a problem? (laughs) Am I the problem here? Am I the baddie? (laughs) What I know about the Japanese school system is that it is very, very, very intense on kids. And so I feel for those kids. I really, you Mm -hmm. know... I guess it's not right for me to look into another culture and say, like, this worries me that you do this this way, but I've heard so many horror stories of the school system there. Yeah, having worked in the Japanese school system, I can make some commentary. Obviously, each school is going to be different. And a lot of times, it's not necessarily even the school that's putting the pressure on the students. It's the parents. Uh, Mm -hmm. Japanese schools are actually very reluctant to hold students back or anything like that because... There's this belief that students have like a right to have an education, which translates into like if they don't pass, they'll still be like passed on. So what happens is that a lot of the times the school's just doing normal school stuff. And even though it's a lot of rote memorization and not necessarily engaging in the same way that we try to do our classes in the U.S., at least currently, when it was more rote memorization when I was in school, But parents then send the kids to cram school after school. Oh, okay. I always kind of imagined that cram schools were dictated by the education system or something, but this is like a purely parental pressure that's being put on kids. Yes. If it's a good private school, some parents are trying to get their kindergartners into these private schools because they have an elevator system. So you get into the kindergarten at the school and then you don't have to take any more tests We have to take a test in kindergarten, and then it has an attached elementary school, so you upgrade to the elementary school automatically, and then it has an attached middle school, so you go to the middle school without having any more additional tests, and then you go to the private school high school, and then some of them even have a college attached to them. I'm sorry, all I could focus on there was you have to take a test in preschool? What? What is on this test? I don't know, but it's it's not, like to go to normal public school, you don't have to. But a lot of parents want their kids to get into these private schools, which have like an elevator system, which they can just keep going on to the fancy private schools next level of education once they get. So they want to get their kid in as early as possible. It has a lot of parallels, you know, unfortunately, to how we do things in America, where you have people that, you know, oh, I know that this is a bad school district. So I'm going to have my kids stay with my grandma because she lives in a poshier district, which actually has the resources. Or the people who actually have money who are like, I want to make sure that my kid is in the best preschool so that way then they can get into the best private schools that will then lead them up the chain to Harvard. (laughs) And I assume that this pressure is a reaction from the parents Mm -hmm. to the economic situation where it's, I assume it's hard to get jobs or it's a very competitive job market. I can't really comment on the current job market in Japan. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I don't I don't really know. But when I was there, I never really got the impression that Japan was in an economic downturn when I was there. So I don't know. 
interestingly, sort of relevant, but not 100% relevant, when they graduate college, there's actually a hiring period. So all the companies hire in this same time period, and they don't hire at any other time of the year. Whoa. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> just a clusterfuck. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be changing. I have no idea. But that's how I understood it to be when I was living there. So it was pretty interesting. That is interesting. And I don't mean to say that it's a negative thing. Maybe that system really works. It sounds like a, the biggest job fair that has ever happened ever, <laughs> all in one place. Yeah. But like I said, only tangentially related to what we're talking about today. Well, it actually would have been good information for Queen Beryl and Jadeite to have because <laughs> Queen Beryl asks him, what happens after kids get through these prestigious <laughs> universities? And he responds with, I don't know, I never yeah. thought about it. <laughs> yeah, It's like looking at a mirror of 18-year-old me, except Jadeite isn't playing nearly as much World of Warcraft, probably. <laughs> if he was, though, he would play a Blood Elf Hunter. That's my hot take for this episode. But yeah, the answer is student loans serfdom guys that's what happens after college yep <laughs> you get stuck in that trap Woo! you take your liberal arts degree and hope to end up as an assistant manager at a store in a mall because then at least you're full-time and you get health insurance with a ten thousand dollar deductible to pay off before it covers anything is the negaverse hiring do you think they offer <laughs> dental with the teeth on gerald there i'm gonna say they cover dental <laughs> oh that's true yeah those are big chompers <laughs> <laughs> i also want to point out that in the deke dub Queen Beryl is so mean to Jedi here. Mm. Oh, she is. She was like, Jedi, you are a fuck up. What is wrong with you? Why can't you get anything right? All your plans fail. <laughs> you are bullshit and this is bullshit. Your last few attempts have failed abysmally, Jedi, but go ahead, give me your report. And in the Japanese version, Queen Beryl's just like, okay, what you thinking about today, buddy? You got any good ideas? <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's true. They seem like... They're on the same side in the original version, and Deke was just like, no, Queen Beryl is the biggest bitch in bitch town. We need to yeah. make sure that you know that you're not supposed to like her. <laughs> yeah. Because kids can't understand nuance. I guess they don't want us to be surprised when Beryl eventually evaporates Jedi. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. I can't wait. <laughs> Finally, Jedi's gonna get what's been coming to his lady monsters every fucking week. <laughs> Speaking of evaporating lady monsters, we cut to Usagi's house. <laughs> Where it's revealed that her mom is the true villain. <laughs> oh god, I mean, hang on to that thought because I have comments, but... <laughs> I wanted to point out that Usagi is wearing the stick leg shorts and reading Garfluna comics, which have her howling with laughter. And her mom comes over, and I can't help feeling like we're headed straight for Suplex City again, as you say, Allie. <laughs> Usagi tries to defuse the situation by sharing the antics of her lasagna-loving cheese cat, but Ikuko is not having it. She puts on stern mom voice and, uh, oh man, Usagi's mom kind of has it going on here, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think any woman who looks angry or evil might be my type, which my therapist is gonna love. <laughs> She's gonna be able to afford so many mall katanas because of me. <laughs> I just imagine your therapist mounting another katana on the wall, smiling. Thanks, Josie. <laughs> Every stupid crush that you get on an animated character is one more katana for my collection. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my therapist is like, Okay, so I've already maxed out all of my wall space for all of my katanas. So we're going to have to just start putting them in the bathroom. And then he is talking to his therapist like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I've already hit max katanas with this person. Like, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> your therapist therapist is like, oh, God, what a freak. I can't believe this guy with his wall scrolls and his katanas. And then he goes into his room that is just full of, like, boy love comics. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, petting uh, your My Love Prize in Viewfinder, like, talking to the cover. He's like... I don't know what his problem is, Asami. He should think about investing in something besides katana. <laughs> this is like my favorite headcanon that's come out of this podcast is the network of weeb therapists that we have created. Oh my god. Um, putting all of that aside, Ikuko throws an emotional pile driver at Usagi. I don't ask for much from you when it comes to school. Just please try not to fail, Okay. Oh, man, forget cat foo. That's some mom quando of the highest guilt trip caliber. Is she Catholic? <laughs> She's at that swap meet where Allie got the risk game. <laughs> She's just talking to all of the other friends in her mom group. Like, we are going to have so much to talk about over our wine tonight. Hey, blood of Christ, man. Blood of Christ. <laughs> oh Amen. <my> her <laughs> mom group is literally just church. Yeah, down in the church basement with all the donuts. Oh, <laughs> So many donuts. Uh, what is what is happening? <laughs> what? Oh, church basements with donuts. That sounds like just the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. At least at my church, there would always be a time right after mass where you could go downstairs into the church basement and have fun with the other members of the congregation. And there would always be donuts. Uh, are they good donuts like frosted or glazed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always uh, stuff from Dunk's. So it was just, okay. you know, always like a mixed thing. So you want to get down there as soon as possible so you can get the chocolate covered one with sprinkles. I was just going to say the honey, oh God, what are they called? The yellow crumbly bits. <gasps> butternut? Butternut. Yeah, that's the one. Those are the fucking best. Oh, they yes. are. Oh, we have a quorum. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we never got butternut at church. Oh, lame. <laughs> well, when I start my cult. <laughs> there will be butternut for everyone. Hell yeah. There'll only be butternut. If you don't like butternut, you can't be in the cult. <laughs> That's actually what the cult is about, really. Perfect. <laughs> Donuts. Just a support group for people who like butternut. <laughs> I love it. Back to the show, though, because we do need to talk about Sailor Moon and not just about church donuts. Or the church of donuts, as the case may be. <laughs> Usaki's response to her mom is to pull a complete 180 and just start sobbing. She says that she's doing the class a service by being at the bottom of the grade curve because somebody has to be there. <laughs> I want to say that's probably not how things work, but I have also watched Kill la Kill a few times. <laughs> so the idea of a school where you still fail if you get a B plus is not out of the question for me. And then also you go to school jail. <laughs> oh no, not school jail. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. There's all these fascist symbols everywhere and everyone is naked. I don't know. I love that show, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Usagi is saying that no one suffers as badly as kids with bad grades who are told off by their parents, which, I don't know, this felt kind of mean-spirited to me, like it's making a jab at kids who are struggling, I don't know. Obviously, Usagi is being a lazy goober, don't be Usagi, but also being a kid sucks and it's hard, and I'm still kind of on Team Negaverse at this point in the episode. <laughs> I want to talk about the deke dub for a second. Apart from basically every scene being massively rushed with no breathing mm -hmm. room at all between lines, yes. Serena's mom says that she recognizes the old escaping the soul-crushing state of the world with comic books excuse because that's the one she used on her mom back in the day. <laughs> yep. I thought that was a fun little detail, Ukuko being into like Silver Age comic books. She still <laughs> considers the meme of Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man the pinnacle of the medium. Oh, <laughs> Only because you brought it up, I made a note that 
literally every scene in the Deke dub was a nonsensical collection of dialogue that yep, it, was. it was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? It was not good. Completely <laughs> indecipherable. Hi, guys. I heard some new girls transferred here, and she's a total brainiac. Yeah, she's from Brighton Academy. <gasps> the the brain, brain Farm? I've never in my life heard anyone say reject from the Brain Farm. <laughs> and I hope to never hear anyone say it again. It sounds like a book written by that guy who did Slaughterhouse Five or whatever. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Reject from the brain farm. When I heard that, my mind immediately went to MST3K. Oh. I don't know if it's because my husband and I have watched Overdrawn at the Memory Bank so many times. Mm-hmm. It just resonated in my soul like, oh no, no, now we're going to watch a really shitty movie from the 70s. It totally <laughs> also made me think of the little brain man we were fighting yesterday in D&D. Oh yeah, we fought an intellect devourer and it <laughs> made your character brain dead. Yeah, it's like, I'm a reject from the brain farm now. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, we will find a way to cast greater restoration. And if you don't play D&D and you're listening to this podcast, you should play D&D, then you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> and you too can become a reject from the brain farm. <laughs> you too can be overdrawn at the memory bank. <laughs> Oh no, movie sign, movie sign. (laughs) Oh, just back to the episode of Sailor Moon, apparently. Uh, Usagi goes up to her room and sulks over her schoolwork, and Luna smugly tells her just to suck it up, to which Usagi replies, I wish I was a cat with nothing to do. Careful, Usagi, you're two slant rhymes away from Andrew Lloyd Webber showing up and making a musical about fuzzy leotards. I'm just saying, Luna is a jellical cat, or she could be if she wanted to be. I don't think we ever get Sailor Luna in the musicals, do we? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. It's because of Andrew Lloyd Webber, he would have showed up and been like, no, this is my shit. So I imagine Luna trapping Usagi somewhere and forcing her to watch Cats over and over again and going, see, see how much effort it goes into being a cat? We've got a lot of work that we do. Singing, dancing. (laughs) playing with knives trying to go to hell (laughs) trying to go to hell I thought they were going to heaven they're going to some kind of cat afterlife they're trying to kill themselves which is a very just (laughs) it's not good guys it's not good yes and incidentally tomorrow is international cat day so that's when I'm going to be posting all of our cats on the socials not that this episode will have been edited by tomorrow but just keep that in your hearts we love cats yeah if you're sticking with our socials through this whole hayride of terror that is our podcast's lifespan. <laughs> that is my new favorite phrase. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that's where my brain went. No, it's so good. Taking a hay ride of terror down to the brain farm. <laughs> okay, so that is the sequel to the Blair Moon Project. <laughs> hay ride of terror, yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of movies, Cats the movie, Luna. Luna is talking to Usagi about how hard she works in order to pay off her gambling debts and her student (laughs) loans. And also she's sleuthing around all the time for that moon princess. We cut to Shingo adjusting his tiara and preparing a speech for his moon (laughs) lizard subjects. In this scene, we actually get a speech from the cheese cat about how Usagi needs to read less far side comics and engage more with adult <laughs> fare like Kathy or Family Circus. You just don't understand Dilbert because you're too young. Uh, also, that guy sucks. <laughs> yes. 
Now, I don't know if the both of you got really excited in this scene, but my heart skipped a beat when Usagi gave the I didn't ask for this life in response to Luna suggesting she focus on her responsibility to kill all lady monsters. (laughs) Are these emotional stakes? Are we seeing Usagi's inner life? Are we getting exposition in this show? (laughs) Maybe just a little. Yeah. At this point, it's like, yeah, she did not choose this. Give me a break. I want to explore that more. I would love to have an episode where she like walks away from being Sailor Moon. That would be so cool. I can't remember if there's anything like that. Hmm. I can't remember either. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there. (laughs) In the meantime, though, Usagi asks Luna, what exactly are these monsters that she's been mowing down with pilaf impunity? (laughs) And I'm so excited. I can't believe I actually get to have some of the deep Sailor Moon lore I've been waiting eight months for. And Luna says, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to do it. (laughs) I love that part, too. She's like, fuck if I know. Kevin Sorbo, just like the Dilbert guy, is a very silly person who is wrong about basically everything, but there is only one sound drop I could use which adequately describes how I felt in this moment, and that's DISAPPOINTED! I mean, she is just a cat. How much can a cat know? Apparently, they, all they know how to do is dance and sing. <laughs> but, but, but cats can't dance. They can. They want to go to Hollywood where the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> Not this movie again. <laughs> Operation Dumbo Drop, Cats Don't Dance. Cassie, did you like any movies in 1994? I'm gonna say no. That's probably legitimate, actually. I bet if you took all the movies that came out in that year and compared them, I would bet 95% of them are complete garbage. (laughs) Oh, that's gonna be the one. We're finally gonna get the one-star comment. I can't believe you said that! (laughs) Yeah, they're gonna start listing all of the movies that came out and how awesome they were. Oh god, if Blade Runner came out in 1994, I'm screwed. I'm screwed! (laughs) Oh no, you've upset the Blade Runner fandom. What's gonna happen? (laughs) Our podcast rating will disappear like tears in the rain (laughs) (laughs) okay so (laughs) sailor moon (laughs) we cut to the crown game center which might be the place where motoki works i think yes but it is nighttime (laughs) so no one is there except for luna she really needs to get that golden eye addiction under control if she's sneaking out at midnight to get in practice at the arcade How did she even get in? Does she have a key? Is she secretly a part-time employee? (laughs) She's been working there for a while. If she's a key holder, they don't give that to just anybody because you actually have hours when you get to key holder. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she pickpocketed Matoki. Ah, yeah, that makes Mm. sense. It's the old, oh, I am such a cute cat over here going to give you cuddles, stealing your key from your pocket ploy. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) honeypot. Speaking of Goldeneye. (laughs) But no, actually, after an episode that was completely devoid of any mention of her, we see Luna jump up to the Sailor V video game cabinet. Sailor V! Which Luna uses to access some kind of secret communication network. All of a sudden, she's talking to Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey, except he's going (laughs) through a seizure-inducing blinky phase that was really hard to look at. Thankfully, Sailor Moon didn't actually give kids any seizures, to my knowledge. That was just Pokemon. Oh, good. Yeah, there was no Porygon episode for this? No. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. (laughs) 
But I had totally forgotten about Luna's cool secret agent stuff. It's fun. I love it. I want to say that it's Artemis on the other side of the communication. Sailor V's mozzarella cheese cat. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. Yes, it is. Okay. Great. I still remember some things from the deep dub, but we don't know that yet in the context of the original show. Luna gives her itty bitty kitty committee report to Rave Hal about how she hasn't figured out that Shingo's the princess and Usagi also sucks and she sensed a mysterious new energy signal. It looks like the lady monster this week might be another student who looks mysteriously like Sailor Mercury. We know what Sailor Mercury looks like. They don't know what she looks like. No, it's true. Sailor Mercury has not happened in this timeline yet. And also, these people have been reborn, and clearly they look so different from how they appeared in the Silver Millennium. Yeah, they totally look nothing alike. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. It's not even the same hair color. I mean, blue and blue? Hmm, very mysterious. hmm. It's very suspicious. Damn it. (laughs) For now, I will continue to pretend that Ami could be the monster of the week for this episode, because that's a really fun way to introduce a new child soldier to the team. Like, good job, right? Honestly, this is me applauding you for doing a thing that's interesting and making a choice. (laughs) We cut to school the next day, where the kids are all lined up to see the class rankings that are posted out in the hall. I'm not sure if there's any additional context to add about this on your end, Cassie. Like, all I really had to say was that I can imagine that system helps put pressure on kids who are doing poorly and create a lot of anxiety around grades, for better or for worse. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I would have fucking hated this. I never saw at the school that I was working at any of the grades posted on a huge board like that. Oh, really? But I'm pretty sure when you apply to high school, they will post all the test results and you just go and look. When I took my black belt test, Shodan test, it's it's not really an actual black belt, but when I took my (laughs) black belt test for archery, that's what they did is they just put all the names of people who passed on a list and you go and look for your name. The idea is that you're going and looking at your own grades and not so much like gossiping about other people. Yeah, I would say that no matter what, you're going to notice who is the top people. But I don't think most people are spending their time looking at where everyone's ranking is. Yeah. You know who isn't worried about this ranking system? Ami Mizuno, the number one student in Usagi's grade. Scratch that, the entire school. Except scratch that, she's the best student in the entire country. Ali, if you and I were getting shown up by Naru before, (laughs) this cast edition bodes very poorly for our (laughs) self-esteem. Yeah, as a kid, Ami was my total, total inspiration. Until I got to the part where I saw myself in Sailor Saturn, right? It was like, oh my god, Ami, she's really fucking smart. Everyone was telling me that I was really fucking smart, which, you know, in retrospect, really just meant that I was good at school. (laughs) Right, yes. But here she is being an actual genius. That was seventh grade goals. Speaking of goals, Ali, I really hope that you watched the Viz dub this time because Umino hits us with another reference that would have been legitimately timely (gasps) when this first aired. Oh no, I didn't. Umino says, When they measured her IQ, it was discovered to be over 9,000! No! (laughs) That joke is old as dirt now, but in 1995, that's cutting edge memory, my guy. Also, I want to note that intelligence quotients are not really a thing. Just a pet peeve of mine. They're basically phrenology with extra steps, so miss me with that. (laughs) They can be helpful if you're looking for certain things, but it's not an overall score of your intelligence. It's more of a 
test to see how your problem solving ability is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and even then it's used to gather statistical data and should not be applied to like individual yes. persons. And also if you're using it to justify your racism, <laughs> you're an asshole. Stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> Exactly. Go away. We don't want you here. Yeah. Fuck off with that shit. <laughs> In this scene, we get our first real look at Ami, and she's radiating big Ray Ayanami vibes, mm -hmm. right? Short blue hair, quiet, loner. They make her seem really tense and aloof, which gives the impression that she might be a threat. Plus, we find out that she's going to a brand new cram school called the Crystal Seminar. It is suspicious in that it matches up with Jadeite's MO of establish brand new business in the Juban district, which will immediately close or rebrand <laughs> when the owner mysteriously ceases to exist. I don't think the name is weird enough. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. Can we brainstorm here a better name for, I just forgot it, Crystal Seminar? Mm. Ooh. We could call it just the Brain Farm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would definitely buy it. Like, Jedi made this business up if it was called the Brain Farm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I got it in one. Perfect. All right. I'm fairly certain that we would get so many people signed up at the Brain Farm. We're totally not going to harvest your brain or anything. No. Why would we? No. It's called the Brain Farm. Why would we do that? What happens at farms? You don't know. Go to the Brain Farm. You'll find out. If you want to know what happens at a farm, listen to Beef and Dairy Network, which is a much better podcast than our podcast. But anyway. <laughs> oh, it's such a good show. Yeah, it's so good. I feel really bad for Ami here. Usagi's friends are all being judgy Jasons about her being introverted. They weren't as mean in the Japanese version as they were in the Deke dub. In yeah, the they were dub, so they were just cruel. They were like shit-talking so bad to this random girl they don't even know. Well, maybe she's not that special after all. I mean, maybe she got kicked out of Brighton, you know? Wow, a brain farm flunky! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they really, really were. I don't know what that choice was about. Maybe the message is trying to say like, hey, don't bully people because it'll make you look like an asshole. Yep, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I think they wanted to maybe put them at odds. Yeah, driving home that she might be the bad guy. Yeah. I think whether the show meant to or not, it's kind of making a statement about how a person can go from being just shy to being treated like a bad person and then potentially have them become more negative in their outlook and personality based on outsiders' perspective and expectations of them. That stuff's harsh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but enough philosophizing. <laughs> what do I look like? Philosophy tube? I fucking wish. <laughs> So that's the next iteration of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just me talking about how cool Philosophy Tube is. Oh, no. <laughs> Abby, come on our podcast. Oh, man, we can totally tag her in this episode. That feels irresponsible somehow. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay, he's a public figure, but Abby Thorne is just, she's a perfect cinnamon bun and she doesn't deserve any of that. Back to the show. We are back outside of Usagi's walk home, and she's moping about how her mom is going to make her pay for her own cram school, at least in the <laughs> English dub. Ikuko, do you think Usagi has money? <laughs> like, really? Yeah, she doesn't qualify for a work permit. <laughs> no, she doesn't qualify for anything, <laughs> except maybe like an ultimate frisbee team. <laughs> But then again, based on the previous conversation with the peanut gallery at school, Ami apparently does have money. Mm -hmm. Usagi sees her and runs over to ask for a quick, what, 200 bucks? How much can cram schools possibly cost? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Oh, we don't actually know. Probably more than 200 bucks. I didn't go to cram school. No? Oh, why not? <laughs> uh, because I did, didn't need to go to cram school because I was working, not a student. Oh, they don't have cram schools for the teachers too? <laughs> no, luckily. Cram school after dark. <laughs> Oh my god. 
Allie, that sounds really bad. That is fully a porn. That is like that is one of the boy love mangas yeah. that your therapist therapist yeah. is I, reading. As soon as it was coming out of my mouth, I realized the error of my ways. Oh fuck! You can't just cram it in there, Allie. Come on. Are we going to get an X rating now? Damn it. I think we're already like... I have already rated us as being uh, mature. <laughs> so not for all audiences because of the amount of swearing that we do. So I can't think of a way to be more crass or profane than what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we're keeping the kids away. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Oh. We need to talk about things that kids don't want to talk about, like taxes. <laughs> It is kind of post-tax time. Hopefully you guys got some good returns this year. We still haven't done ours because the deadline got pushed back to May. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't do mine either because I'm lazy. That's (laughs) much it, I think. (laughs) We have really complicated taxes, so we have to use an accountant, which just I feel so fucking gross every time Uh, I say that. We need to get an accountant now that my husband is quote-unquote freelance, so. Yeah, fortunately we don't have a Patreon yet, so you don't have to factor that (laughs) in. That's (laughs) true. I'm trying to think of a way to loop back and I just can't. You know who doesn't need a Patreon is Ami because she's loaded. And that's probably why Luna attacks her (laughs) because she's looking for some of that sweet cash to help pay off her Sally Mae debt. This is the same way she tried to befriend Shingo. It's true. She only has one move. Jump on someone's head. It's Scratch. And it's super effective every time. (laughs) I think we decided she has Stomp as an egg move at one point. And also she knows Scratch. (laughs) Scratch and Stomp. She knows Crunch also because she used it on the Chanela. Oh, God. No one cares about this, Josie. Shut up. (laughs) Put it in the wiki. Dang it. The Pokemon care. (laughs) Ali's cats care. They are very much tuned in right now. They're like, we need to know who we're going up against in the elite four of they're not cousins. Oh, somebody draw that. I wish we had fan art. That would be amazing. It's totally going to be like three faceless people just doing stuff. (laughs) Because it's not like we're appearing on camera. No, that's true. If you look hard enough, hint, go to our website. You can find out what we look like. But I don't recommend it. I mean, my face is horrible. Oh, your face is lovely. (laughs) We're all lovely people hiding behind microphones so other people don't have to actually judge us for who we are. Judge us by the content of our voices, not by the character of our faces. (laughs) Oh, no, that's also bad for me. (laughs) Our faces are just as haggard as... Our voices imply. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know who else has a scary face is Luna when she uses scary face on Ami. <laughs> it's very ineffective. Based on Luna's internal monologue, she fully believes that Ami is our lady monster du jour, but the blue hair genius dodges the attack. As Cassie said, it's not very effective. And she goes right in for Luna's jugular. (laughs) And by that, I mean she scratches Luna under the chin, which causes Luna to instantly shut down like my old computer trying to run Mists of Pandaria, (laughs) which is an expansion for World of Warcraft. Who am I writing these jokes for? We have to change the subject and talk about how cute Ami is instead. She has these big, sad eyes and such a sweet little voice. I don't know that this is really an aside we need to have, but we all agree. Ami is the cutest person who ever existed, right? Yes. She is just the absolute 
sweetest, sweetest girl out of all of the Sailor Century. She totally wins in that category. Mm. I am basing this solely off of the Japanese version because whatever the hell they did to her voice in the Deke dub. Oh my god, like, yes, yes. I was just like, this this <laughs> right here is why I hate Deke. She has the most intense enunciation of consonants of anyone in the world. <laughs> And it's like almost a British accent. I, is she like Canadian? I'm trying to figure out what's happening here. Are you trying to make her sound really rich? Like, this is what it sounds like when we're on the Hamptons. What is the choice here? <laughs> Why? We have to use an accountant when we're doing our taxes <laughs> because we have so much money, Sailor Moon. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to make her sound smart. Do smart people sound like that? Uh, I don't know. I am not a smart person. Like, none of us are. So we just have no way of knowing. <laughs> I mustn't know any smart people either. No one sounds like that. <laughs> if you're a smart person, rate the podcast five stars if Ami's voice sounds perfectly normal to you. <laughs> I know that sometimes I speak a little bit strangely because I grew up reading a lot more than I grew up talking with actual people. And that's something that I've kind of noticed among other people who weren't necessarily socialized in the same way as others. Were they trying to make it seem like Ami was a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil case? <laughs> Bringing it back. I think they just probably were trying to make her sound smart, mm. but they didn't know how to accomplish that. <laughs> as somebody who has some amount of knowledge of how the voice acting industry works, it reads to me as someone who got a note from a director and took it way too far. And the reason I say that is because toward the end of the episode, I feel like her voice kind of tones down and becomes a little more normal. Mm. It's still how she talks throughout the deep dub. I distinctly remember her voice being like that all the way through, <laughs> but it's not as bad as it is in this first scene. I feel like she does tone it down a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't imagine that the actress would have kept that up for very long <laughs> if she was even flagging at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's just not tenable, I don't mm. think. You know what else wouldn't be tenable is Ami having Luna at her house because she lives in a condo, apparently. Excuse me, she doesn't live at a condo. She lives in a mansion, okay, which is different than a condo. Oh, really? Because she says condo in the English dub. Well, in Japan, they have two types of apartments. One's an apartment and the other one's a mansion. And <laughs> a mansion has, each unit has its own outdoor entrance. So like a condo, but it's not a condo. You don't own it. You're renting it. It's a mansion. Oh, okay. I live in a mansion. <laughs> what? And we're only learning this now? <laughs> it's just an apartment. Your coworker was like building out a shed out of bread and you're living in a mansion? <laughs> what is this? My mansion was named Enchante. <gasps> oh my God. I love that so much. How did I not oh. know this about you? Oh, I feel robbed. <laughs> See, that's the most me thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I was the end unit, so I had an extra window, which was oh. awesome. So luxurious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Living in Enchante with your extra window, getting sponge baths every other room. Calgon, take me away. My bathroom was pretty impressive. My tub, I could set to autofill with the exact amount of water that I wanted at the exact temperature, and it would keep it at that temperature. Are you kidding me? No. Wow. That technology exists? Yes. That's amazing. Well, oh my god. Looks like we need to emigrate to Japan. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, oh my god. <laughs> just for the bathtubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just for that alone. <laughs> also, I don't feel so bad for saying I use an accountant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> back to the scene. Usagi runs up to get her cat back, and Ami all but confirms that she is in fact Rei Ayanami with blue contacts. <laughs> you must have been so excited, Allie. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, different voice actresses, but 
same vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say this is because Ami says in the Viz English dub and also in the Japanese dub, when she dropped down like that, I thought she might be an angel. <laughs> and Usagi <laughs> thinks that's a really cute thing for her to say because she has no idea that the climax of this episode is going to involve Unit Zero punching <laughs> Luna into the sun. Because although this cat can talk, it turns out she can't produce an AT field. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Usagi and Ami engage in some friendly chit-chat for now, and when Usagi compliments Ami for being a total brain genius, Ami blushes and is super cute and shy. Unfortunately, it turns out that Usagi has an ulterior motive here. (laughs) If we became friends, then maybe she could help teach me how to ace my tests! I thought she was nicer than this. She's like, oh, this girl is really nice and really smart. She can help me study. Not thinking like, Maybe that'll make that girl feel really bad about herself when I just use her to study. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. She's more unobservant than she is mean. She's a dumbass. Yeah, she's very oblivious. I love how in the Deke dub, the first thing that happens is Ami just calls out Usagi for being a rude bitch in the hallway. And then immediately the next scene, they're like, we're friends now. Uh (laughs) No explanation whatsoever. I hate you, but also bridge under the water, I guess. (laughs) Great editing there, guys. So nonsensical. <laughs> they just said, okay, we need this episode to be shorter. The content doesn't matter. Just make it shorter. Yep. <laughs> We're going to have these kids' attention for approximately three and a half minutes. Also, we got to fit in like 16 advertisements for Crossfire. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to have a moral. It does have to have a moral. And the moral is Crossfire is not as cool as those <laughs> commercials made it seem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get caught up in the... Crossfire. 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 You'll get caught up in it. That's my favorite anime is the Crossfire commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Just people chanting yeah over and over again. Kid with the leather jacket. Oh my god. And then you wear a leather jacket as a kid and you're like, why doesn't this look cool on me? (laughs) Why doesn't this get me any friends? Yeah, also that. (laughs) Speaking of friends, instead of studying here, Usagi asks Ami to come play video games with her. Once at the arcade, Ami's incredible intellect allows her to absolutely decimate the Sailor V arcade game. At first, she looks like she's just having fun, but then she slowly gets the expression on her face (laughs) that I imagine Allie has while checking Twitter. (laughs) Laser-focused nerd rage. This is exactly what it's like playing Puyo Puyo against me. <laughs> Laser focus. Laser focus. I am demolishing all of my opponents. I do have to ask, what is Puyo Puyo? Bust a move. Oh, bust a move. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Mm, isn't bust a move the one where you have the little arrow and you shoot the balls at the other balls? Like snood? Yeah, like snood. I mean, that's kind of like... like mm, um, Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. Oh, like shitty Tetris. Yeah, shitty yes. Tetris. <laughs> Oh, man. I loved all Sonic games back in the day, and that was a mistake. (laughs) What? No. It doesn't... They're all good. It doesn't matter how bad they are. They're all good. This is my official hot take for this episode. (laughs) The last good Sonic game was Sonic 3 and Knuckles. That's my hot take. (laughs) That's fine. But, like, all the side minigame games were fun, too. You know, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Sonic Spinball. Sonic Spinball was really fun. The only one that was really bad was the one for Sega Saturn, I believe, that you had to move diagonally. I think you're talking about 3D Blast. Probably, yeah. It, oh, God, it yeah, was terrible. Yeah, that game sucked. 
That game was awful, and you can't even go supersonic. Look, I can't talk about this. It'll become the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have never played any Sonic game for, like, more than three minutes. I didn't have a Sega Genesis. We were a Nintendo household. The only reason that I know about Mean Bean Machine is because when having had to explain what Puyo Puyo is to people who've never played Puyo Puyo, like, that seems to be the closest analog. <laughs> It's like, I use this for this. I don't know what it is. I don't care. I don't want to know what Sega does that Nintendo don't. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Like, sorry. Speaking of video games, <laughs> Ami does really well at this game that is not Sonic. It's going so well that she's attracting a crowd. And Motoki is like, oh, dang, somebody get that girl a power glove. Which reminds Ami that she needs to get to that super shady sounding cram school, which she attends every fucking day. I don't know what the normal amount of time spent at a cram school is for middle school kids but that seems like a lot a lot of people do go every day though i love in the deep dub they made it she only goes three hours twice a week yeah and it's a computer school not a cram school yeah it's a special computer course the computers in this episode uh we get the great line at one point of usagi being like just so you know i don't know anything about computers it's like yes oh it's so good i want that tote bag so badly yes let's get matching totes please But anyway, Ami rushes off and drops her floppy disk on the ground. Do we need to explain what a floppy disk is? Do our analytics say anything about whether our listeners have ever played Zork? (laughs) Well, we can't get that granular, but I am going to go out on a limb here and say that our target demographic is other people who are in their 30s who would understand (laughs) what a floppy disk is. Our target demographic is is other people. Just other people. (laughs) As opposed to, like, the pet market. We're really just trying to get those pets at home that are listening to podcasts that are left on for hours on end. No, no, no. No, it's other people who understand what a fucking floppy disk is. Also people who have ever clicked the save button anywhere where it's a floppy disk icon. Yeah, the save button is also a good point of reference. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Motoki runs up to Usagi, who swoons super hard for him, which is good. You stay away from that middle-aged guy with a weird laugh. He's the same age as him, probably. Probably, but at least he doesn't have a weird laugh. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He's got that going for him. (laughs) God, my bar is so low for ships. (laughs) Rather than fulfilling the ship and proposing to Usagi, my golden boy gives her the disc to return to Ami. Bummer. That's really all you wanted. Huh? Huh? It's nothing! (laughs) I can hold on to this for her. We go to the cram school from here where we get a new foolish humans sound drop for me to add to my collection. No sunglasses swing though. You can tell that she goes to like the Jedi school of drama because there she is behind a window behind a Venetian blind just like creeping around and then at the end like closes those shades. That's very true. Uh, I want to go to the Jedi school of drama. It's very specific. There's one class that lasts three hours. <laughs> Everybody's very well dressed. You do it by computer. (laughs) You get a floppy disk and it it shows a picture of like figure A, you, figure B, window. (laughs) Figure C, turn the lights off and be creepy. Yeah, exactly. It's like Mavis Beacon teaches typing, except it's (laughs) Negaverse Jadeite teaching. (laughs) I can't even get it through. I wish that the Lady Monster's actual name wasn't funny on its own because I would love to call her Mavis Beacon. 
to start with, she sounds pretty promising. Her voice is kind of low and gravelly, and I'm thinking, ooh, between her and Ikuko, the thirst factor on this episode might get dangerously high. <laughs> but then after the commercial break, we're in class with Ami, and oh no, her face is weird. <laughs> it's like someone forgot how to draw eyes. It looks like she got stretched out in the wash, yes. like she didn't pay attention to the dry clean only tag. <laughs> Her eyes went from her nose all the way to her ears. They were so weirdly <laughs> elongated sideways. Now I know the image that I'm using to Photoshop for the pod artwork. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> the animation in this episode seemed really, the quality seemed really high. And then all of a sudden we got crazy face. <laughs> I don't know what they were going for, but it's not good. She's got like runny egg shaped <laughs> eyes. I don't know. It was like they let the junior animator make her eyes or something. Oh, tiny hands guy. What are you doing? He just keeps thinking that if he gets it right, then he's going to get promoted. But he just is so wrong. He's a fuck up. You kind of start to root for tiny hands guy, right? He's kind of becoming like a plucky <laughs> sort of idiot who means well, right? So there will be an episode about people animating anime. Maybe he'll be in that episode. <laughs> it's going to be the guy who's really sweaty and really nervous looking. <laughs> oh, I hope I don't get fired this time. <laughs> oh, it's the guy from Paranoia Agent. Have either of you watched that show? No. I've only seen the first episode. And I know it's something that I would enjoy. But again, I'm bad at watching anime. Mm -hmm. Damn you Korean dramas digging into my anime time. God, K-dramas are the fucking best. I know. Uh, <gasps> uh, but we're not watching a K-drama right now. We're watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> yes. And the lady monster with the weird face, she's adamant about Ami using the floppy disk because it'll help her learn or whatever. And Ami <laughs> really is the smartest person in the show because she's like, okay, that's definitely a dumb negaverse plot to steal my brain. And she opts out of playing evil number munchers. The thing that confused me, it seemed like she could still do the cram school work without the disk. It seemed to me like the idea was that the disc helps you in some way, like it has tips or notes on it or something. I don't know. Maybe it plays a white noise that's supposed to help you study. <laughs> it plays Jadeite's smooth jazz study playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Lo-fi jazz to study too. <laughs> I guess we should just be impressed that the Negaverse was able to successfully make a disc that could be inserted into a computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. They didn't try to put it in a bowl of water. <laughs> They've really moved up in the world since episode, what, four or five, whatever that was. They must have got IT support. Oh my god, I love the headcanon. The Negaverse flunkies have one tech guy that they call, <laughs> and the tech guy is like, okay, so you know what a computer is, right? And the Negaverse flunkies are like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we understand the disc goes into the computer, but they don't understand that the disc is supposed to do something. So they just yeah. give everyone this disc to put in the computer and then like, okay, now open your normal program and do it. The disc is helping, <laughs> quote unquote. There's no software on it. It's just, you put it in. It's just a placebo. <laughs> uh, it would be more helpful than what they're actually doing. Speaking of this evil floppy disk, Usagi shows up to return it to Ami, and she briefly considers using it to make herself super smart. But before she gets a chance to pilfer the disk, Darian starts being a jerk off camera. <laughs> he may not have taken the hint to buy some new chinos last episode, but he did hear Luna talking to Usagi. Uh-oh. Gaspu. We get an amazing shot of Usagi trying to play the talking cat off as nothing, and her expression is so weird. <laughs> There's also a really humorous moment where she and Luna go bounding off nervously and then stop 
and then look back and then go running off in a massive dust cloud. <laughs> I think this might be the first time in the show where something has been animated in such a way that it came off as intentionally funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once they get away from Castanet Jimmy, Luna tells Usagi to engage in some grand theft floppy so they can figure out if the disc and by extension Ami are tools of the negaverse. And I do need to point out that it's starting to feel like Jadeite really did go digging through the bargain bin at Circuit City for evil plots. <laughs> Cassette tapes, floppy disk. It's just a matter of time before we get Sailor Moon versus the evil Zoom. Oh no, the Zoom. <laughs> Rest in peace, Zoom. You are actually a good piece of technology that nobody wanted. Well, it was okay at best. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. I don't know. It was okay. I did love that it didn't convert all my MP3s to MP4s fucking iTunes. Ugh. It's not even MP4s. MP4s are video files. Like, that would have been cool. Oh, shit. What was- It's M4A. Oh. And 4A. Oh, fuck that exactly. shit. Exactly. Which is why people like the Zune. <laughs> people want the Zune. They're just, they're thirsty for the Zune. <laughs> Speaking of people being thirsty for things, I really got a kick out of Luna using her little paw to push the floppy disk Aww, and typing it into the computer. So that shit was so cute. So good. And she's such a hacking queen. I feel like Usagi and Luna need to take some sort of computer safety course. <laughs> Why? Because Luna, like, was too close to the monitor? No, because like, what's... I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to take random floppy disks that you find on the side of the road and put them in your computer. <laughs> or floppy disks that you suspect being part of an evil plot. Like, it could just be full of malware. Yeah, are all the school computers evil now? Like, what did you just do? I think they are. To be fair, the disk that she's putting in was the evil disk that all of the computers are using. Well, they're at the school. They're using a school computer, whereas Ami was at the computer school, which is confusing, but yeah. yeah. They're Mm. both schools, and they both have computers, but they're different. I see, I see. It's like rectangle versus square kind of thing. (laughs) All computer schools are schools, but not all schools are computer schools. I think that works. They're still all polygons. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get Brian David Gilbert on our podcast? Hell yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He doesn't work for Polygon anymore. (laughs) No, no. He's doing his own thing and it's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. Producing horror movies on YouTube. But chef's kiss. Speaking of horror movies, Jadeite's super annoying computer program is literally just a copy of the ultrasonic waves plan from episode six, but better executed. (laughs) Give us all your knowledge and mental energy. Offer it up to our great ruler. And in doing so, this become our servant. for brainwashing people. No way! Luna decides that this is totally proof of Ami being a lady monster, which is simply offensive to all the young women in Japan who are clones of Shinji's mom. <laughs> to my understanding, that accounts for a good 15% of the population. And as someone who also happens to be a clone of Shinji's mom, this is a complete miscarriage of justice. <laughs> Well, you have to imagine out of that 15% of the population, at least one of those clones could be a lady monster. Mm. Oh, you know, I hadn't considered that. But just because one of them is a lady monster, you can't make the assumption that all of them are. Yeah, but you don't know what the Ayanami clone variants are going to be. You know, are they evolving at a different rate than the other ones? Or are we holding down the B button to make sure that doesn't happen? Exactly. Like, we don't really know. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I guess we don't. And we never will. (laughs) Because Usagi and Luna dash back to the cram school. Fortunately, Darian found another 14-year-old to hurl insults at elsewhere. (laughs) And Usagi uses her cheese pen to turn into a doctor from a university hospital. See, I thought this plan was really bad. (laughs) It's very bad. It's so disappointing. This is the worst transformation we've gotten yet. I know. 
another Ava reference. She was like, I'm going to cosplay Ritzko and show up without a medical bag or an ambulance or anything and just go, there's a medical emergency. Oh my God, Cassie, you, thank you for, ca- I didn't even, I didn't even connect those two dots. She's so cosplaying as Ritzko. It's yeah. like a bargain bin Ritzko cosplay. It really is. And in the deke dub calling her a school administrator, like, okay. Yeah, that was really funny. I was like, did they not understand what people look like who work at a school? They have no idea. This is a fucking lab coat. What are you doing, Deke? Get your shit together. <laughs> I think Deke was drunk for this one. <laughs> Well, regardless of how unconvincing and bad this plan is, Dr. Usagi Normal Human runs up to Ami's <laughs> class and tells everyone to step away from their computers. But the students, with the exception of Ami, are already halfway to being extras in Zombieland Saga. <laughs> Ami says that she happens to like Zombieland Saga, a point on which I wholeheartedly agree, and Usagi fires back with, you really are an evil monster. The show gives us a nice comedic beat here where Ami just looks dumbfounded. From her perspective, Usagi just escalated the situation so hard. (laughs) What are you talking about? I was just making sure that the class was okay. I I was doing my job. She's like some weird ass doctor ran into the room, told us not to study, and then accused me of being a monster. (laughs) Well, that's my Monday afternoon. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. I wanted to bring your attention back to the Deke version just one more time, if that's okay. Because when it's revealed that Ami, or Amy, as she's called in the Deke-averse, is just a regular-ass middle schooler, Serena says to Luna, So what do we do now, feline Stein? And she responds, Wing it! (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing! Yeah, that that part was really good. Yeah, that did make me laugh. The deke dub is completely unremarkable for this episode, but that one line made it worth the watch for me. But anyway, we find out that the actual lady monster at the heart of this plot is called Garbage Bin, which seems a little self-destructive. She has crazy green hair, bright crimson skin, little pointy fangs, and long eyebrows that go right off the side of her face, which confirms that this is Jadeite's World of Warcraft character. I really loved her snazzy romper, but the rest... Oh boy, that head design. I don't know how to describe it. Like a triangle (laughs) with the face at the bottom and hair at the top and just, ugh, bad. She looked like a tree. Like, (laughs) the hair was like her foliage. It was like the canopy. I did appreciate her axe arm, I must say. Oh, yes. Yes. That made her a little bit cool. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. it was just like, what is happening? (laughs) If if we could rearrange the hair and the face and the eyebrows, we would have something to work with. Because you got a romper and an axe arm. Agreed. But a lot of it is going to have to go in the garbage bin. So her name is Garoben, apparently. Exactly. And Usagi threatens to BVP the absolute shit out of Jadeite's Hunter, <laughs> to which she responds, pop quiz, bitch. I really respect her dedication to the bit, if nothing else. What follows is the sort of thing where she asks some really simple trivia questions like, what is gravity, though? And when Usagi inevitably gets them wrong, she shoots Pokemon cards at Usagi. <laughs> Or send zombies after Usagi. This is just Lady Monster's greatest hits here, people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, again, with the zombies, come on. What else was she supposed to do? This was the job that she was given. They aren't giving her the resources that she needed to truly shine. Yeah, let's really put blame where blame is due, and that's always on Jedi. <laughs> But back to the fight at hand. Our trashy terror grabs Ami by the back of the head and squishes her face up against the computer monitor in an attempt to suck out some of her amazing brain juice. (laughs) I feel like if you loop this, you'd have a great reaction gif. Like, (laughs) 
Ami is my brain, the demon hand is me, and the computer screen says, reading Sailor Moon fanfiction at 2am. She wants her to kiss the computer. This is my fanfiction. Ami's true love is this computer. Now kiss. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, this draining her brain plan doesn't work, and Ami is super feisty back at her captor, which I love. Studying should be done on your own. Using the disc was like cheating, you jerk. She's so sassy that the astrological symbol for Mercury appears on her forehead in glowing light. So good. Luna also thinks so, and she produces a little blue magical girl wand, declaring that Ami is actually a sailor guardian. Deborah Dustbin brings her axe blade down in an attempt to cleave Ami and Twain, but Luna sends her wand sliding across the floor, and for the first time we get Mercury power make up! Yay! Her transformation has some sweet water effects to go with her outfit change, which always confused me growing up, like her powers being water-based in general, because the Roman god Mercury doesn't have anything to do with water, and the planet Mercury only has frozen water at its poles. I'm not blaming Sailor Mercury for making me confuse her planet with Neptune as a kid, but uh, actually I am. This is Ami's fault. They were going for like the elements, you know, like earth, water, fire, wind... Yeah, uh, but Nep, what? But Neptune, and like, what is Sailor Moon's? And like, also, there's a million Sailor soldiers. I think that when Naoko Takeuchi was conceptualizing the series as a manga, you never know how popular something is going to get. So I don't think that she had necessarily planned far enough ahead to have the rest of the planetary soldiers. And then oh. by the time they hit the outer century, it was kind of like, all right, well, now we have two water people. How are we differentiating, you know? And by then right. they do have distinct attacks that they use. It's kind of an interesting perspective on that, thinking about how somebody who's making something might not plan for further down the line when they add more characters. If you only have Sailor Moon, Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Venus and Mercury and Mars, that's okay. But then you get beyond that and it's like, oh, we're running out of elements, guys. Based on what I recall, her inspiration was more of the pantheon of gods, not so much the planets themselves. But... Sailor Moon is from the moon. I know, I know. It's it's all weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. She also mixes up Saturn and Pluto, power-wise. Yeah. That's also very true. So. Okay, so it's inconsistent and weird for everyone else and not just me. That's good to know. <laughs> just don't look too deeply into it. Exactly. Just accept the text as it is. <laughs> I will do my best, even though our job is literally to read into the text here. <laughs> Thanks, college. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Back to the fight at hand. Our littering lady monster and her student zombies are getting super sleepy because Ami uses her power, which is a bubble blast, which creates a cold mist. I know I sleep a lot better when it's cold, so that makes sense to me. (laughs) And Sailor Mercury proves to be as competent fighting monsters as she is at the SATs. She opens up a straight shot through the fog for Sailor Moon to send her tiara frisbee, and Garbage Bin is ready to go to the dump. I loved it so much because it really shows that Mercury is very good tactically. She might not be able to be the one that brings down the monster, but she's going to help the team get there. Yeah, tactical support. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Ami takes it surprisingly well that she's now a member of the child soldiers, (laughs) probably because she doesn't yet realize that she kind of has to be Usagi's friend slash tutor now. (laughs) We cut to a rooftop 
where Luna apologizes to Ami, and from all the Yui Akari clones out there, thank you, show, I appreciate that. <laughs> the girls shake hands and formalize the situation, or Ami formalizes it. Usagi is awkward and closes the episode by saying how Ami is way better than her at this. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. But Usagi gets to keep her job for now because Ami's headgear isn't yet a lethal weapon, but who knows, maybe it will be. I don't remember. <laughs> Eventually, she'll get her little computer thing, and that is why she was my inspiration. Oh, right. She gets a little computer. It's like from the Sonic cartoons, Princess Sally had a little computer called Nicole, <laughs> but that's a different podcast. <laughs> that, that means nothing to me, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but I love Sailor Mercury. The end. Yeah, she's wonderful. And that is the end of the episode, <laughs> which brings us to our segment where we ask each other, did you like this episode? Yeah, no, I liked the episode a lot overall, mainly because like I've said numerous times, I love Ami very much. And I'm very excited to actually start to see the rest of the Sailor team form. She's kind of like the brains and the heart, I would say. She is a very caring character. And I look mm. forward to seeing how her friendship with Usagi develops, as well as everybody else as we start getting them trickling in. I think even in that last scene, you can see she's like, you know, she was in this weird situation where suddenly she is Sailor Mercury, but she's just so happy to be invited. She's just happy to be involved. Yeah, like, yeah. I even have a friend now. <laughs> now I have money and friends. Hooray! <laughs> I'm indefeatable. Undefeatable? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode as well. Last episode felt like such a holding pattern, whereas here we get new developments, characters who are more involved with the plot than Usagi's dumb friends who aren't allowed to know she's Sailor Moon. <laughs> there were also some genuinely intentionally funny moments in there, which is a little bit rare so far in this show. This gets the Josie stamp of approval. I definitely Yay. think it was... 8 million times better than last episode. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Um, this is also with the caveat that I still hate the Deke dub. Like, this episode didn't do it for me. Oh, no. The Deke dub didn't add anything interesting. It cut down on the time between people talking and did basically nothing else. Yeah, it was just a hodgepodge mess of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Perfect. I love it. I feel like we were very concise. <laughs> Which is good, because I hear the school bell going off in the background, which means it's time for us to take a test. And that test is, how good are we at giving bad <laughs> advice? We're Hooray. the best. Yay. <laughs> we're bad at everything else that we do, but at least we can give bad <laughs> advice well. And to prove that, we're going to go into the segment known as Sailor Moon Says. Sailor Moon Says. <laughs> As always, I will go first because I have test anxiety and if I know somebody else is in there looking at me, there's no way I can do this. Good thing this is all just vocals then. <laughs> I'm trying to set a scene, Cassie. We're oh, LARPing. Oh, damn it, again? <laughs> Cassie's hot take, LARPing sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my experience of it, but that's, that's a story for another day. Moral number one. Purposefully fail. After all, someone has to be at the bottom of the class, right? And it might as well be you. That doesn't just go for school. Try to be the worst apiarist, the worst pole vaulter, the worst competitive glass blower, or the worst podcaster that you can be, just like us. <laughs> Everyone else will thank you for it since they can now tell their moms, hey, at least I'm not that total waste of oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine for the episode. Pretty typical, nothing crazy here. I'm hoping maybe you guys can make it a little more creative. Mine is a little real to my life. Oh, okay, fun. I'm excited. All right. Let's go. Moral number two. Make friends with the weird smart kid in your school. You can crib their notes 
and continue making fun of them with your real friends, and they'll never know about your betrayal. It's the best of both worlds. And even better, when it comes out 20 years later that your friend is on a list for a federal crime that the court of public opinion has already found them guilty of based solely on their appearance, you can be both shocked and altogether unsurprised by this turn of events. Do I even want to know yeah. who you're talking about? Oh, so I'm talking about a friend who's on a list. He was my across-the-street neighbor, and I sometimes wonder, how is life on the outside doing for him? <laughs> Hopefully better. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's, uh, that's yep. pretty heavy. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, this is bad advice. I'm just reminding everyone we're not actually telling you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- please don't get on a list. <laughs> get that on a tote bag. <laughs> Uh, We definitely need to discuss some merch (laughs) opportunities here. I feel like we're really missing out. But anyway, we'll talk about that off podcast. Back to the actual podcast. Cassie, do you have a Sailor Moon Says for us? Oh boy, do I. All right. Moral number three. Hey kids, want to be good at schools? Want to score 105 A++ on your next test? Now you can, with the new patent pending product from HypnoSchool. Let's put the convenient floppy disk into your computer from 1999, and you too can be on your way to straight A's. All we need from you is your parents' credit card number. Call now! (laughs) Just cram this floppy disk into your CD drive. It'll be fine. Nobody has CD drives, what am I talking about? My laptop does, but I don't know why, but I accept it. Mine does also because I was like, if I'm buying a gaming laptop, I've got games that I can play via a, a friggin' optical drive. So this bitch better have one. <laughs> maybe I want to play black and white. Yeah, maybe you want to play Monkey Island or Return to Monkey <laughs> Island. Probably not because I don't own those, but... Well, we'll get you Monkey Island for the next holiday, which will be in like five podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we count time now is just by podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah, by the time we're at episode 11. <laughs> In quarantine, kind of, (laughs) like waking up in the morning, just like, what day? Oh, podcast day, right. So a month has gone by. Okay. I'm thinking this is a good segue. Allie, can you maybe let all the wonderful people out there know how they can get in contact with us? And also you can let them know what our schedule is, that they can also time their lives around our podcast releasing. (laughs) Will do. Clearly, if you're listening to this, you have found us on whichever podcatcher is the one that you prefer. However, if we don't have it up on said podcatcher, let us know. You can email us at they'renotcousinscast at gmail.com. Or you can also leave us a note on our social media, which is at notcousinscast on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also Facebook. I forgot about Facebook because I hate Facebook. So I'm sorry for anybody who's actually following us on Facebook. (laughs) One of these days I will figure out a way to make the content a little bit more engaging because there seems to be a lot of y'all. Feel free to rate us five stars if you are actually enjoying this thing. Or, you know, you can not rate us at all. It's really up to you. Those are your two options. We trust your judgment. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. Thank you everyone for your ratings. And also send us love letters. That's like such a fun part of the podcast for us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Thanks, Zach Meow, who wrote and produced our theme music. You can find him on iTunes and Spotify. And that is it for our show. We'll be back next time, and I really hope that you'll join us. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. And we may not know everything about Sailor Moon, but we do know... They're they're not not cousins. Cousins. We did so well. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. By the time we reach episode 200 of this show, we will have learned how to speak in sync. We'll also be like dead. Fair point, yes. Also true. <laughs> <laughs>
it would be a trash fire. Yep, it would be a garb gardevoir. Whatever the hey, gar- whatever that a po- gard- <laughs> like I just It would be the sexiest Pokemon. I was gonna say, like I, I just accidentally made <laughs> made Garbodor the sexiest Pokemon. <laughs> that might be the worst thing we've done on this show. 